Wow, the design of this place is sure, sure festive. Very moody. It's Moses Moody. Moses? Moises? Moises? Moises Moody. Moises Moody? Talk to me. I just fucking typed in to chat GPT. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, are we actually doing that? What would you ask Chris Baca from Cat and Cloud if you met him? (laughs) What do they say? One is the same as the other thing it asks you. Can you tell me about your journey in the coffee industry and how you got started with Cat and Cloud? What inspired you to become an entrepreneur in the coffee business and what challenges did you face in the early stages of your company? All of them. Cat and Cloud is known for its focus on culture and community. How do you nurture a positive and inclusive culture within your company? It just goes on and on and on. Does it give me more than seven? Or is it hitting you the number of completion? Seven. Didn't, it gives me more. Huh. Going. Cat and Cloud is known for its podcast. <laughs> is it? How does the podcast help you connect with your audience? Share your vision with the world. It's awesome. Gosh. So many ways. That's hilarious. We need to ask it a really specific question. So what do you got? I have a... I have a oh, you got something. I had something. Oh, I had like real human question. Oh, what do you got? <laughs> this is real humans. They just wrote this code. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually so many humans in there. There's a lot of humans in here. It's well, like every human. It's, I, I went to AI. Human. All age. All human. It's all in me. Baby, I'll pose the question. Anything you want done, And then baby. we can see how you guys feel about it. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh, did you hear that harmony? Oh, that was good. That was good. There he goes. Okay, tell me. Acoustics in here are great. Okay, well. Please disturb. This episode is going to air the Monday before Thanksgiving. Don't even know what that means. What's Thanksgiving? Okay. Uh, The Monday before Thanksgiving sounds like, okay, still a Monday. A Monday? Got it. Keep going. Still a Monday. I'm tracking so far. So in Mm. the vein of being close to Thanksgiving, Mm. I wanted to ask y'all, what is something in your history of working that you are thankful for? With the guise of how could you, how could like new leaders apply that to people who are underneath them and create experiences like that? (laughs) Give me a two-parter. What are you thankful for and how can I use that? Who is your daddy and what does Who he do? Who is my daddy and what does he do? Is uh, he a fireman? That was the idea that I was thinking, but Thanks. we can definitely riff on chat GPT. Classic okay. Thanksgiving. So, like, the thing I was thinking is, is there an experience that you're thankful for that shaped, you know, your work ethic? Is there something, uh, a leader who did something that you're thankful for that looking back, you're like, I'm so glad that that happened. Nobody ever did Sting was a real hero me, of mine. You know, the music he made through the years. I don't really listen to it, but the fact well, that he's making it, I respect that. <laughs> What's that? Is that also from Office Space? No, nah, dude. That's that's my friend uh, Hansel. Oh, right. <laughs> He's walking through fields of gold right now, dude. <laughs> and you walk your fields um, of gold. I'm going to need to audible mentally <laughs> like, all around. Okay. I have an experience that I look back and I'm, I'm, in, I'm grateful for. Is it you right now in this one moment? Every by day the exit I wake sign? up and come to work and I'm like, I'm so grateful for Matthew McConaughey. This I'd say it's me, but it's 10 me. years from now. <laughs> Go on. Um, at my previous job, I, we went to a trade show every year. And I got to the point where I didn't know why I was going anymore. It was always, I would always go and take these classes that were there where just industry professionals teaching various topics. And it was always difficult for me because I would go and I would go to these classes and I would find them very interesting in the moment. But 
you know, go home and come back to the work I'm doing and go, I don't, none of that stuff I learned applies here. Or like, I, that's great. That was an ideal world. I can't use any of that right now because I just got to get the stupid edit out. Um, stupid edit. Stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Fast forward to, edit. <laughs> I went to that like for maybe 10 years. Fucking and then 10 stupid edits ten later. Stupid years. Ten, <laughs> 10, one edit a year. Um, <laughs> Freaking stupid. Go I, on. I was in one of these classes and <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> um, there was somebody who was asking a question and have you ever been in one of those situations where you're asking a question to somebody but they don't hear it the way you're trying to ask it so like they answer it in a completely different way never or, yeah no that never happens on never, this podcast nobody ever happened that never happens ever yes go on so I was sitting next to a person who asked a question and the, the person who was teaching the class just same thing like didn't get it went off in a completely different direction but I knew what they were asking for. So like I leaned over, I was like, I can answer this question for you. And it was as a moment- As facilitator of the class. <laughs> co <-facilitator. laughs> as co-facilitator of this class, I've got you. I'm actually a you. plant here. I'm, I'm not even a student. I'm the TA. Um, I, I leaned over and I was like, oh, I can answer this question for you. And I felt, I felt like I knew what I was talking about. Like it was a, it was a moment that I'm incredibly thankful for because for me, it, it reinforced this idea of like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. And I'm incredibly thankful for the opportunity to go to that industry event year after year after year. And like, without knowing it, receive all this information and like, just be soaked in the environment and actually, you know, be somewhat of a professional and have that opportunity to share that and give that back as I was growing so it's like it's it's a it it i'm thankful for it personally and i'm thankful for it as you know a previous employee uh, or a previous employer giving that to me right so it's that kind of thing is there that was the idea i had behind it i'm so thankful you're thankful dude that's <laughs> so, all that's, that's all i needed dude i'm thankful that you're thankful dude it's all about everybody there's uh yep 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 I might need to riff on. You can riff on that all day, Chris. Dude, like we've there's, taken there's so much thanks. We've to taken be had. people to Disneyland before. Hell yeah! We send people to Origin. Thankful. Like those are similar events because they give people different perspective and they help people step outside of the box. So True. is there? Is there something like that that you guys have ha has happened to you, Chris? You had that story a while back where your boss just you know saw how hard you were working and just you know gave you a bunch of stuff. That's I'm oh, sure that at I don't the know. Shop? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know how to answer this question necessarily because there's so much stuff to be thankful for all the time. It's like, it's when a question's that big, it's like, I'm thankful for a lot of different things, you know, a lot of different people and a lot of different aspects of my life. I think I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin and not make it generic, you know? Yeah. Like, how do I jump off? How do I talk about... I think it was Plato who once said, how am I not myself? Am I right, you guys? How <laughs> am I thinking, therefore, I Aristophilus, Descartes, and... There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you know, Chris, you got something cool Foucault from your boss. But once upon a time, and... when I was 23, my boss let me drive a brand new tes Tesla, I mean, not Tesla, Lotus Elise around. And it was uh, really fun. But uh, didn't it wasn't because he was a nice guy, really, so much as it was as 
he knew how to it was nice, but he was he was a manipulative dude. So I mean, I still got a like, cool oh, this thing. will this will get me a few more months with him. Oh, many many more than a few. <laughs> <laughs> this will put him this will put him in my debt big time. Ah. So wait, you were saying though, you went to the show and you were like hating the show though because you thought it was boring and you you couldn't it was the stupid you couldn't figure out how to translate what you were learning. I wasn't to your day to day job, but then you're really thankful for it. I wasn't hating it. I just lost my perspective on why I was going to it because. I couldn't make the connection of like, I learn all these things and then I go use them. Right. But it was a moment at one of the later shows that I went to where it was, oh, I've just been steeping myself in this, not culture, but industry to where I just know things because it's institutional knowledge at that point in my brain. Do you think the things that you learned were a direct result of going to those shows or... Were they a direct result of you like engaging with the process like every day? Uh, I would say hmm, that the question the question that I specifically answered that was like oh I know that it you know was definitely because I you know worked in the industry and just did stuff day to day did stuff day to day yeah, yeah. Um, but it was the the comfort of going to that event and being comfortable at that event and you know, having the experience knowing, oh, I can answer this question. Right. Because I don't. Oh, keep going. I was just gonna say, I don't, you know, I'm not afraid that like, I'm not going to know what I'm saying, or it's, I'm not uncomfortable by the environment. Like, I don't know if it was literally last week we were talking about being comfortable in your environment. Yeah. Like that to me was something that I was able to do because I was comfortable there. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been in this room multiple times. Like I'm not intimidated by it. I literally know the presenter. Um, it was just an interesting perspective. Yeah. I think that's important for everybody is to find a space where they have some expertise and can kind of flex a little muscle like that. Like, what was the first time you gave someone coffee advice? Do you remember? Or the first time someone asked you as a, as a pro? I'm, I'm trying to think. Well, there was a lot of times before I knew what I was talking about. People would ask for advice just because I engaged. You know, yeah. like when I actually didn't know anything and then they made me feel like I did. Right. That's why I went to the first barista competition. As far as I knew, I knew a lot about coffee because I knew so much more than anybody else in my town. You know, so people were asking me things about whatever grand crew coffees and oh, and a pound of coffee per plant. That's insane. You know, like so people ask me that a lot yeah. back in my really early coffee days. And it makes you. You get a return get a return on your engagement every single time, you know? So for me, there's opportunity always. I think maybe I'm like lucky in that perspective that I got people who would ask me questions or that I engaged in that way. Cause maybe, you know, what I feel like I'm hearing from you wiser is I went to this place, but I didn't really recognize all the things I was learning until I'd been there for a while. And then you're like, Oh, actually I know a shit ton. And then you could help somebody with it, you know? So I don't know. I, I feel like when I'm in hospitality and anything customer and guest service related, you have the opportunity to kind of assess yourself all the time. You know, if I'm, if I'm putting myself in the like, concept of like making film, movies, anything like that, you're kind of, kind of getting, you're in a bubble of sorts, right? You're working with like a smaller team and then it's all such external facing that it's like, anything related to how people 
talk about it in real life is not even going to come to you almost ever. You know, it's going to be through the internet. So I don't, I'm, I have a harder time tracking with this. Well, I think, so here's where I, why I asked you, because I think there's something beyond just straight knowledge that's contributing to the reason why you have a Absolutely. different situation. Whereas yeah. you, Wiser, you offered up information to somebody and yeah. in that moment felt comfortable offering it. And like, right. what I asked you about, Jared, was like people asking you for information. And it, like in this sense, it, the thing that I'm kicking around in my brain, it like doesn't actually matter how much you knew or at what point in time, you know, you like you were saying, like, I hadn't even done my first barista competition. I actually didn't know that much, but you had a bunch of people who were viewing you as an expert. Right. It's and how it, you posture, it's right. how you engage, it's right. how you carry yourself. And a it's lot like of a it. kind of a cool little metric to think about in terms of how you show up to work is like, what would it look like to be the person that people would come with? For their questions, you know, in that group, because it's probably you're working with like five or six other people at the coffee shop and I wasn't there, but I'm betting that nine times out of 10, if someone had a question, you were, you were a good person to ask. Well, I mean, you could take the same, you could take the same concept actually and, and view yourself in this way, especially if you're in specialty coffee. Uh, how often do people come up to you and ask you if you're the manager or the owner of the company? And that's something you're going to know if you're doing a good job based on things like that. You're going to know how well you present yourself based on people being willing to engage and or ask you anything whatsoever. And I think that's something to this day that both you and myself have been in a positive way guilty for it. pretty much every place we've worked is people like, are you the owner? Are you the manager? And they've literally assumed that so much so that they think we own multiple companies to this day, some people. And so that is a direct reflection of how much you care about the work you're doing and how well you're engaging. And I think there's unfortunately uh, an ass backwards view of this, which is I only engage on that level if you quote unquote pay me enough. And there's never enough money in the world to actually, uh, I don't actually think there's enough money in the world to convince somebody to go that way. I think it's always going to be, are you going to be the kind of person who wants to engage with your work and care about it? And professionals are you talking about, about like thinking like an owner is that what no, you're acting like an owner yeah <laughs> yeah or acting like somebody who is um it's not even, no, it's acting not even that. like an it's, owner it's just being a professional if you're yeah, a professional yeah, yeah. you're you are focusing on doing an amazing job at all the things that somebody might notice right if you if a guest walks in and you use the term we use a million times over look through the guest size beyond what it looks like in the cafe and how it feels you look at how does each person perform? And can you feel like somebody's in charge? Do you feel like somebody knows what they're doing? And you can feel that, period. Just period. That's, if you can't, then, then I mean, that's just, it's, it's true. You can. So that's something that will happen is they'll be like, that person is clearly taking this to a level that nobody else around here is. I wonder what the deal is. And so the question that most people ask, are you the owner? Are you the manager? And that's, again, uh, Kudos to you if that happens to you. That's one thing, and I, I'd say most people should look at their work in that, that way. If yeah. you want to feel better, be better, and uh, help more, that's, that's a way to do it. Take a lot of pride in it and engage. So do you have, a, um, you have a memory or a time where you felt yourself thinking that way? Like, My whole life I've thought that way. Like yeah. any, I mean, it, it, when it mattered. So like school was harder for me a lot of the time because I just needed to do well enough in school to do the things that I could engage with, which was sports and some 
student body stuff and to be able to maybe go on the trips and the things that were like for choir and stuff like that. Like you had to have a GPA that was good enough to do that. So yeah. for me, it was like, these things matter and I don't know. And so you care about them and you try to do a good job and perform. I know that there's an argument, right? So that you could do really well in school and that would count as uh, work in the same way as work. But for me, that that didn't really line up because I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't have a good through line with school. So it's not the best the best example, I couldn't really see my outcome and where I was going with school. But when I got to work, it was the same thing. Like, there's a direct correlation between some form of return and your engagement. And that wasn't just monetary. It was opportunity related. So, I mean, there's the other side of that joke I made about the dude who gave, let me drive his Lotus Elise for whatever, 24 hours on my 23rd birthday, is that he wanted me to stay around long enough that he would do that. It only had 400 miles on it when he gave it to me. Wow. He knew that he wasn't going to promote me in terms of money and things like that, but he knew that the kind of work I was doing was making him a fair amount, so this is what he did for me. And that's the antithesis of that, you know what I'm saying? So like there's still measurements. He wasn't a good boss. He wasn't a good leader, but it doesn't mean that I wasn't still able to do a great job. Yeah. And ultimately you, I was seen out of that company by, by pursuing better beyond his interest work, as an owner. Work you do shouldn't be contingent on how good your boss is. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, cause you're working, you're like, yes, you just you're stand working alone. for, yeah, you're working for a company, but you're also working for yourself and it's how you show up. Right. Is that you're still I mean, somebody's going to see you no matter what, yeah. whether it's your boss or someone else. So, I mean, I would say you work here because we saw you, whether your previous boss did or didn't. I don't know or, you know, care per se. But what we saw of you is part of why we came to talk to you. Yeah. So that's a reflection of engagement. That's a reflection of somebody who we could see cares <clears throat> if you want. If you want things out of this life, you're going to show people <laughs> that you care. Want things out of life. Show <laughs> the people that you I care. I just think that's such a... It's, it's so profoundly simple that it's annoying to me is the real truth. And it's profoundly simple. And I understand that it could be frustrating because I think everybody wants a lot. And the way you see it in the world of the internet makes it feel like everybody should be able to get that really quickly. But it's not the case. And it never has been the case. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. If you're listening to this in real time, we've got a very special coffee available on our website. It's from our good friend, Benjamin Paz, who is kind of the gatekeeper to all of our relationships in Honduras. We've talked about him before. We've even had him on the podcast. Super amazing guy who does a lot for his community. And he also grows his own coffee. So this particular one is from his farm. It's a geisha variety. Geisha is really delicate, really intricate. It's just its own experience. If you've never had a coffee that, you know, transports you to a magical place that makes you feel like you're sitting on an island drinking a tropical beverage, this is that coffee. You can get it now. Go to catandcloud.com and you'll see a banner just smiling at you, enticing you to come inside and taste the rainbow. All right, let's get to the podcast. Chris, have you thought of a thought? Have you thought of a, an example? I don't even know what question you're asking anymore. What are you thankful? 
I'm thankful that I don't have to answer that question, huh? I mean... What's your favorite Thanksgiving humble pie? I don't like Thanksgiving. I don't like pie except for pumpkin pie, cherry pie, apple pie. I was say, you fucking love pie, <laughs> fucking dog. Love you pie. love pie. Dude, I'm a liar, dude. Give me I some love pie. pie. I want some stuff in it. As long as it's all mode. <laughs> Great. We're killing it right now, dude. I'll go back to, we'll go back to chat GPT. I feel now. like we killed it, and that's just what it is. I mean, it's I mean a did rainy we talk day. about any of the cool things we've done lately? Like, did we? <laughs> did we talk about... <laughs> I just did, bro. I drove it to Lotus Elise <laughs> when I was 23 years old. Who else can say that? <laughs> I put 1,300 miles on it in 24 hours. Tell me, do you even have? <laughs> my, my job still. Do you sucks. even have the endurance to sit that low in a car <laughs> I, for I that still long? Hated it. I still hated I everything. Basically, my butt was on the ground, dude. I was freaking L-shaped. What's some of the cool things we've done there? I don't know. Like, did we even have a conversation about the Blue Bottle Studio thing? Like, no, oh, you haven't. Tell me about it. Yeah. I mean, you made it, a video. I made a video. Hey, guys, it's on YouTube. Check it out. It's on Subscribe, YouTube. rate, review. Link in bio. I mean, it's, well, I, I've talked about it with so many people so many times that I don't That's know if we've ever little... talked about it here. But for everybody listening, Blue Bottle is doing this studio experience, which is basically a multi course coffee tasting menu probably the closest thing to a Michelin star style experience in specialty coffee. They started doing it, I think in Tokyo, somewhere in Japan. And now they're doing it in select cities in the U S it's like 60 to 90 minutes, fully curated, all details attended to. And someone reached out to me asking if I wanted to go. And I was like, let's do it. And I did the annoying thing where I was like, I want to go when James Freeman's going. If he's, if he's not serving, I don't want to (laughs) go. fair which is fair i mean hey, i think he's part of it you might as well go to the one he's doing i know it's really interesting right because i was like that brought up like even just that brought up so many different um thoughts in my head about like what a business is like what kind of culture you create and like how you engage in some sort of value proposition mm. because so if i was the outside of the coffee industry i probably wouldn't care about that at all which I'm wondering for chefs if it's the same way. Like, I'll go to a restaurant if so-and-so is there, and that adds enough to the experience. Because mm. I think what happened was there was, like, this third-party booking agency. Right. And the, <clears throat> the seating was, like, one part people who had definitely, you know, like, paid to be there and found it, like, just like any other guest would. And then there were some people who were at the same session that were also invited. So they had some sort of list going on. But I was just, like, really honest with the lady. I was like, look... Yeah. I got a one-year-old daughter. Like, I have a business. We got a lot of things going on. I would totally fly out if I knew James was going to be there. Yeah. But I'm not really interested in flying out if it's just going to be, and a I don't mean service. this in any disrespect, but like just random baristas. Yeah. Um, because but, the, yeah. There, there was like a whole support crew and everyone yeah. ended up being awesome. But there's something about that, like seeing the founder of a company kind of taking this full service approach to where it's like, you're a founder of a company. You're in there every day. You're growing the business. You're working the bar. You're touching right. literally everything to now you have millions and millions of dollars of investment. And you're kind of, you know, for a while he's in that CEO slot and now he's no longer in that CEO slot. It's like, what is he doing? Like, right. And this re- is his baby. Yeah. It's like returning to the center of it all to where it's like, I'm going to be touching, feeling, and like curating this deep experience. I think that's, yeah, it's I really cool. I don't think that's weird at all, especially if from people who've been in the industry like us for so long and you're like let's see what it's like to also be served by this person who most of us haven't been you know yeah. we used to go to the kiosk and whatever the the hayes valley yeah right hayes, i mean yeah. 
I never saw him there, so I'm sure he was, but that was fun to do. Yeah. So to see the person kind of touch his own product for the first time ever is pretty awesome, especially in that experience. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if that's a natural progression of things or some sort of... You go back to the beginning? Yeah, yeah. And Ningo this, Montoya. This, this kind of like circular desire to be connected and touch and feel. And I can feel it right now. Like experience, you know? That Dead service. serious. You know, I, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. I know. I am too. I, I have that drive. I, that's why, I mean, we have these many plans to figure out how to have a place where we can do that in the future. So there's a reason for that. I want to play. I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it so. Was, I don't think you're weird at all. I yeah. would, I would want to see that too, and I think it'd be duly inspiring. And man, you're just curious too, right? You just want to like, what's it like? Yeah, the, yeah, straight up. And then the other thing that that struck me, like during the experience, so it's like you come in. There's this magical curtain. They take you behind this curtain. There's an eight person bar, eight or nine person bar, and everything is everything is immediately on stage. So we talk about on stage, off stage in the right. cafe. So it's like when you're a guest and you walk through the door, everything you kind of see and feel and experience, how does it smell? Like how loud is the music? What does the merch station look like? What are the people behind the counter doing? Are they focused on you? Or are they just goofing off doing their stuff? Right. If you see through like the back window into the kitchen, what are the people in the kitchen doing? Like all these things are on stage. So they have a very, you know, there's nothing that's off stage there. It's also super minimalistic, which I really liked. I think that was a, a smart move. There wasn't a ton to manage. Right. In terms no of... No distraction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's basically a record player, a little amplifier, two big speakers, and then there's only... You, you, there's like a water station. It's mm. like built in. And everything that they're using for service is kind of like tucked underneath the counter and being brought out from the back like as it's... yeah becoming available which is is really cool because it's kind of this relaxing feeling where it's not chaotic at all yeah it's like completely just settle into the moment yeah you just settle into the and moment they don't do they turn on the music when you get there is it like one of those things where it's like all right we're gonna go and the music's already on? playing okay. like as you walk in and then it's curated records for certain courses and certain times okay. so he's switching the record like in real time fuck yeah and it's that's fun yeah it's super fun i i really really love it i also it's interesting because so many people are asking about is it is this like real like is this a, a functional business model? It's like who cares is really the answer. No, sure, yeah, well, know, that shouldn't it, be your question. Like, does that. it does it really even matter if it's a business model? I, right. I think there's something about being able to do something just to just because you can. It's like he's got the flexibility and the funds and the the network to do something like this. And if it doesn't make total financial sense, that's fine. It's a, you could, yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I actually think there's always, yeah. If you're, I think he's smart enough and to know that there is some form of sense to be made of something, even if it's not like in the paper in that moment, you know, like right. there's still, what's the, it, what's the value the, it, of yeah, creating cultural experience like that marketing for value. your brand. Exactly. Yeah. And, and all it, of those things, are immeasurable, except for they're not, in my opinion. I don't think they are. I mean, we're talking th about it here, and that's that's a start. You yeah. know, like that counts for something. Yeah, I was super inspired by the whole thing. Yeah, and it made me want to. 
it made me want to dive into things that I just love because mm-hmm. I love them and I have this gut feeling that other people will love them. Right. And because it was kind of like this one hour storytelling session mm-hmm. where he's, there's this cool opportunity to sh- share the things that you're passionate about. Right. And, right. You know, like, it no feels rush. so good. And it's like those things are kind of infectious by nature if you can do it well. And I think, you know, some people are lazy about it. Where we've talked about the people in barista competitions of past sure. who don't have any intention behind it. It's like, uh, You're barista competitions said you have to do a single. So for my, I'm doing a double macchiato because right. it's a pure expression of coffee. Like that's, that's lazy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's not creative. No, it's egocentric. Yeah. yeah. It's egocentric. In a negative way. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Interesting. Right. Cause, Cause it can like, be egocentric in a positive way. Right. 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 Yeah, this marriage of doing it because you love it, because it speaks to you, and then finding the others that it also speaks to. Yeah, there's a lot of power it's like in resonance. You're expressing yourself, but because of that, all these other people are better off for it. And that was kind of like a feeling that I got from it. I also got the feeling of, man, it's clear that it took a long time to set this up and a long time to just create the experience it's mm-hmm. not like oh cool we're gonna whip this up in a couple months and figure it out like, yeah i'm sure it was, no. it was pretty seamless in yeah. terms of okay cool people are bringing out certain brewing devices at every time people are really brewing in tandem people are mm. and he's not directing traffic yeah they've practiced on stage they've practiced how, yeah how long Scripted. do you think it would take of practice and like curation and because you you say a couple months, you like we didn't they didn't whip that out in a couple months, but it's just I like, think you could knock out the choreograph part, like the experience piece, in a few months, pretty easily. But then there's some things that are taking a little bit more R and D. So he's he was chatting about like what he wanted to kind of explore a little yeah. bit, and he's exploring a lot of different avenues of coffee. So one of the one of the courses was instant coffee. So they have access because, you know, they're right. owned by Nestle. They have access to all of that instant coffee equipment. So they basically were able to take home, essentially, a small instant coffee machine. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know how you put it. It's, you know, to be able to experiment with different processes and coffees to how do you make instant coffee taste as crystal clear and balanced and amazing as possible. So that, I mean, I'm sure that process is just, you know, a good solid month at least of R&D and like finding the right coffee you want to do it with, tinkering with the process to help it not have that funky weird aftertaste that kind of like all instant coffee has and like figuring out the optimum brew level. It's like all these little things like, you know, every course has some kind of little quirks like that. Mm -hmm. And some of them are more straightforward than others, but... That takes time. All that shit yeah. takes time. If you were to, some... if you were to, want to do something like that, how much time would you give yourself? I mean, it depends on what I wanted to do. Yeah, because like, do something like that isn't even. It's not feasible unless you have all those resources to right. do something like. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's what makes that so cool. So it's like, is it even something you give yourself a deadline on, or you just go, "I want to curate this thing, and I think I'm not gonna." I, I think you'd give yourself a deadline on it, but you would kind of plan it out. You know, and you have estimates on how long each phase is going to take. I would approach it like a bigger version of a barista competition where I'm like, okay, the competition's in X month. I'm here now. What do I need? Okay, cool. Like, I have an idea for a story. 
I need to curate some coffee selection. Those things are kind right. of interrelated. Then I need to figure out, like, I'm going to allocate, you know, however many weeks to dialing in the roast of that coffee to where it's, you know, like brewing and extracting how I want it to. Then I'm right. starting to piece together all the other things and like curate the thing. Then you have like, okay, cool. I'm going to take two weeks just shopping for small wares because that's a thing. Part There's all those gig. little tiny, mm-hmm. tiny things. Like it was yep. cool. And they napkins. had that little... I, it was almost like they had it at Atelier Crane. There's yep. a little gold bar that sits on the table. Yeah, it keeps the, like, yeah They were putting the silverware table. on it, but they would put like the new Blue Bottle was putting the new version of the menu. It was at like the right time. angle so you could read yeah, it. Yeah, it's got a little yeah. tilt on it, and you could pick it up. You could get your fingers underneath it instead of like. You know. It's all those things that are easy to take for granted. It's, it's like fun. someone has to source all of those things. Like every vessel in the whole experience nothing was off the shelf it was right. all this just super obscure weird japanese shit that someone had to spend we were talking about a the, bunch of time digging the brooms and this and the like little brushes they were using right yeah his counter brush was made by this little shop in japan who does like hand laid brooms like every strip of right. straw or whatever it is is in there is like hand laid and twisted up and that's his counter brush it's like every little thing is completely intentional well, and I think it's it's double intentional, right? Because it's also intentional to I'm I'm assuming and believe. Whoops, his experience, right? So like, if they if Blue Bottle wasn't in Tokyo, so shouldn't they most likely have a lot of those? You know, like if it started in Tokyo, most likely they found some things that were influenced by that experience too and brought it over here. All that stuff's awesome. Like it well, sounds he- like you create a script, you make it deeply personal, and you think, which I think you you can mention how he spoke of it, but like what it's going to be like to put on the show mm-hmm. and the show that you want to put on. And when you're at his level, and I think the level that we like to think we're working towards, you're looking at what are people going to resonate with at the level of experience you're going to deliver. So if you're going to deliver to eight people at a time, however many times, you're not necessarily looking to create an experience for everybody in the world. You're going to look for the best fit for both and, right? And that's different than a business model of, of delivery in a cafe, which they're also doing a great job of in a completely different way. Makes me think of what you just posted on your story from your blog. How perfect. Last night. <laughs> what is the concept of fads versus... It was the idea of like being on trend versus being on brand. Yeah. And on trend meaning... You know, you're basically just chasing whatever is popular at the moment. Right. And it can be fun to dabble in things when they're popular because there's some sort of cultural glue that happens like, when people yeah. are doing a thing together. But when that's all you have, you're never going to be able to lead. You're always going to be one step behind. And you're and basically, be you know, you're like a slave to whatever's popping at the time. Whereas being on brand means being really clear about your promise and then making sure that every step of the way I am delivering that promise. However you have that promise structured, you know, so for us it's in this context of mission, vision, and values, but you know, you can structure a promise a million different ways. So when you, when you are on brand and you have this solid rock to fall back on to where it's like, this is what I do well. And I think James has that, like you're mm-hmm. saying with his inspiration, it's like, even since way, way, way back in the day, he's always been influenced by things that are you happening in Japan. Yeah. You can see it like, the, the it's got like siphon brewers. Yeah, it's got and, like decades of history there. It's something that he is really passionate right. about. And when he's looking to express himself, as all artists are, mm-hmm. he's like, "Cool, this is my perfect version of this is what's touching my heart and soul right now." Right. And like, 
figuring out a way to connect that with people who, like you're saying, are ready to accept that thing. Mm-hmm. So once you have that, that solid ground, then you can also dabble with pop culture as you see fit. You know, mm-hmm. oh, there's something happening. Cool. I'm going to play in that sandbox a little bit. I'm going to play in this sandbox a little bit over here. Right. But then you can pull back out, come back to center, and you're like, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You're, you're not looking for external, you know, somebody outside of yourself to define who you are. So I think that was that's the, a really powerful piece of that experience to where he wasn't trying to make it a simply over the top fancy coffee experience. Exactly. You know, cuz things that would in become that kitschy in some right. way, you'd know. Yeah, you'd exactly. Feel it. Yeah, it felt very authentic. And that authenticity you know, to me, it speaks. I'm, I went away feeling, okay, this was, they say it's about an hour to 90 minutes. This was close to an hour. And I think the list price on it was about 75 bucks for someone if you paid. And I went away thinking I would happily have it be a little bit longer and easily could charge two to three times as much mm-hmm. because it just feels so different than anything you've felt before. Right. And when we were doing our, you know, special birthday meals and going to these awesome restaurant experiences, we're kind of lost in time. Yeah. Where you're there for four hours, and by the end, you're like, oh, man, I wish there were another couple hours. Oh, I just love sure. to be here. Like, yeah. when we were at, at Bar Cren for your birthday that one year, I remember just feeling like, I don't want to like, leave. Like, no, it's over. I know. You're like, how can I just stay like, longer? I don't want to leave, yeah. And that was the special. that was what I experienced there, too. I was like, oh, I could chill with you guys for, and I would easily pay, like, double the money for it. Right. So you're paying for time, you're paying for experience, you're and I think for when, memories. When people go into a place where things are curated from, you know, this place of heart and soul, when they're they are authentic to someone in some way, you want to stay at a place like that. And right. you can tell when a place is just how many trendy things are just popping up all over the place. Mm. Or it's like the cut and paste instagram cafe or the cut and paste instagram brewery or the cut and paste instagram whatever it's right it's cool like i'll go but they're not going to be businesses that people are going to be talking about in two five ten fifteen twenty years mm-hmm. that's the stuff that i mean that's just how i feel about it so i i like applaud i'm just more applauding someone for taking a longer view on something and right well all of that attention and intention and authenticity I think is also the same shit that if you get back to what I was talking about at the beginning, when you asked me that, when did people start asking you, uh, you know, what you know, or can you help them? I mean, it's the same, same concept. If you didn't maybe know as Chris or any of us who James Freeman was, and you went there, you would probably assume every single one of the people who ran that are somebody special in that company. And they probably are anyway. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like like Selena that, was there. Yeah. Was awesome. Like, like clearly like, okay, you're somebody and and I think that's where it comes back to. Are you authentically engaged in what you're doing? Are you showing up? Are you are you there? Are you really into this? And that's when people start going, Oh, I should pay attention to this person and what they're doing. And I think that's where there's just endless layers of ability and opportunity where you're like can I just play with people like that all the time? Can I just be around people? That'd be so nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying like you are more no filled offense. up when you're around people offense like taken. that. Right. We are all more filled up when we're around people like that. that I think that would hit me too because I was like, oh, I can actually create a version of this. Not a yes. different version of this in terms of, oh, I'm going to make an eight-course coffee experience. No. But 
cool. You can look at everything you're doing in that vein to mm-hmm. where I think even for me, there's so much of just, well, I guess we're going to do it like this because this is how we've been doing it. Or I made promises mm-hmm. yeah. to this person and that person. Or it's like, this is kind of the routine that I've fallen into. And that's why it's been, and I, that's why I think we're having some of those hard conversations over there in mm-hmm. the garage because we're all looking at this from like, yes, we want this to work. Also, it should be fun. Yeah. It should be it fun. It should feel like it matters. And we should, yeah, come but home. beyond a paycheck. Right, with a sense of pride in the mm-hmm. work that we've accomplished today and not just be like, well, I fucking had 36 meetings and I guess everything's fine. Right, oh, numbers are looking good. Yeah, I, I need a freaking nap and a whiskey. Jesus Christ, like, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> Welcome to corporate like that's, America. That's I need a nap the and a whiskey. Ideal, you know? No, that's not the ideal. So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. That's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places, YouTube, Instagram. We're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.